You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's do this. Welcome to Locked On Heat, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Wes Goldberg. I'm here as always with David Ormill, and we are here today to break down the Miami Heat's 2017-18 schedule. How excited are you, David? I am thrilled, about ready to start a two-month road trip, so I'm glad to get this podcast in before I go away. Um, are you actually excited about the schedule? Because I feel like we overdo it. Uh, you know, it's it's another sign that the basketball season is just on the horizon. You know, before that, it's almost like, you know, we're going through those very lean months, particularly as writers and, and, and quote-unquote media that cover the league, where you're just... You know, you're scrounging for news, anything that seems relevant, uh, you know, and you're breaking down all the minutia. You're, you're looking for things that might not necessarily be there. So here's something tangible. Look, the season is nigh upon us and we get a chance to break down all the different matchups, all the things that we could be reading into it. Like we're not going to go game by game, but at the same time, it's worth talking about. Well, let's start with the beginning because the Heat, right off the start of the season, are kind of in an interesting position here, right? They start the game. In Orlando, October 18th, that's the opener. And then the home opener is October 21st versus Indiana. So the, league, the season starts for Miami October 18th. They are not involved in the national TV opening weekend. They've got to wait a couple more days. Then they start the season in Orlando. You'll be there covering the game. Um, I will. And, uh, and then they immediately, after that, get off to a six-game homestand which is their longest homestand of the season. They get it out of the way nice and early. Um, after that, the month of November for them is brutal. In the month of November, they have 15 games, 11 of which are on the road, so four at home. That is a tough stretch. They have a six-game uh, road trip to start November, and at the end of November, they have a four-game home, uh, road trip. So what this amounts to basically for Miami is that, that those first seven games, the start of the season in Orlando and those six games at home, they're not must-win games, David, but they're pretty darn near close, especially if you're the Heat. The entire thing that you're trying to avoid is a repeat of last season's stumble out of the gates to 11-30 and 30 to start the season. The schedule really, despite that six-game homestand, hasn't made it super easy for them in the beginning. Yeah, it's it's you definitely want to get off to a good start. I mean, I know that's not exactly breaking news there, but they do want to be able to start off and show some of that cohesion from last season. I think actually now looking at it, this might be a really good opportunity kind of hidden there, an obscured opportunity for them because I think Miami will start off the year with a lot more cohesion than a lot of different teams that are incorporating superstar pieces and stuff like that. I mean, we knew we know from personal experience Having seen Miami Heat, the Miami team in 2010 with the big three, it takes time. That's just the reality. It takes time to incorporate pieces. We're looking at Gordon Hayward in Boston, Paul George in Oklahoma City. There's going to be an, a need for these players that were currently on the roster to adapt to the new pieces coming in. For Miami, you're not making huge changes with the exception of incorporating Kelly Olenek. I think for the most part, you're bringing back most of the same unit, barring a trade for Kyrie Irving or somebody else in the next few weeks. It looks like this is going to be a very similar team to what we saw winning 30 of the last 41 games. That might be a a positive thing for Miami. So they're going to be going on the road. Road trips tend to bring teams together. It really helps define you one way or the other. You're either going to crumble under the expectations, which aren't particularly high for this team, 
or you're going to rise to the occasion. And I think knowing what we do of Spolstra, the way he motivates his players, the way he gets them on the same page, it could be a really good opportunity for them. That first, well, let's talk about the the road trip then, because the six games to start November between November third and November twelfth at Denver, at the L.A. Clippers, at Golden State, at Phoenix, at Utah, and then at Detroit, uh, and then before that, the six game homestand starts with Indiana, then Atlanta, San Antonio, Boston, Minnesota, Chicago. So with the home game stretch. Indiana, Atlanta, all right, those teams should roll over. They, the, the Heat will be favored in those games. San Antonio and Boston, at least they have them at home. Um, those are two tough teams. And then Minnesota and Chicago. Minnesota is going to be tough this year. Chicago is might be the worst team in the league this year. Um, so of those games, four and two, do we think? That seems, yeah, that seems realistic. I mean, oh, well, and then not including the... Orlando home opener, or yeah, the, yep. the whole. I'm sorry, the Orlando season opener. Season opener, yeah, yeah, five, five and two, perhaps. So, so could, five and two, four and three is what we're thinking, right? Realistically, yes. Realistically, they come out five and two, four and three, then they get bam, six game road trip at Denver, at the Clippers, at Golden State. They probably lose at least one of those Clippers Golden State games because that's a back to back at Phoenix and then at Utah. At Detroit, Utah, despite losing Gordon Hayward, are still going to be a good team, and they're they're still going to be a team, the type of team that gives Miami trouble because they've got Rudy Gobert in the middle. Whiteside right. has not played well against Gobert historically in his career. They've got Donovan Mitchell, who you and I both know is an All Star. My he locked on Heat draft favorite Donovan Mitchell, um, and several other good players still on that team. Joe Ingles, Joe Ingles, yes, the one and only. Phoenix, you know, they've got a bunch of good young players. Um, Devin Booker, he could score 60 points that game. Who knows? I mean, this is that's going to be a tough stretch. Miami's really, like I said, it's not must win for them. But if, they, if they've got like any other month of this season in November, like having 11 of 15 games on the road for a month, to basically start the year, because you start the season in mid to late October, the first full month is brutal for them, despite the six-game homestand to start things off. If they just had like a more balanced month, I wouldn't be so worried about it. But the fact that they got to... There's going to be so much pressure just to start the season. There's You're right, there's going to be continuity there, and that's going to help them. But there's going to be so much pressure on that six-game homestand, because they can't blow it, number one, because it's the longest homestand of the season. And number two, because they've got this brutal stretch going... Uh, coming up in November, and like I said, they don't want to repeat what they did last year. Now, I don't think that they'll be 11-30. and 30. I don't think it's that bad, and this team is going to be better than 11-30 and 30 to start the first 41 games of the year. But there's a lot of pressure, basically, to, as soon as this season kicks off. And that's, you know, I, I guess, what I'm concerned with. I, I'm starting to think about it more. I know we had talked before we started recording, and, and I was really, I was starting to think very similarly to that. But the more I think into it, the more I realize that maybe Spolstra has them more focused on a game-to-game basis rather than looking ahead. And and for the team to experience the kind of up-and-down season that, that they went through last year, I don't know that there'll be that much pressure. I'm, the more, like I said, I know that I'm kind of changing course a little bit here, but the more I think about it, the, I, I know, I know, that's <laughs> what I do sometimes. Uh, it's just, I, I feel like they're going to, 
understand what's at risk here, and I think that they'll they'll be fine with it. I think they can always say, look, we can afford to lose a game here and there because we know we can turn it on to another level next uh, at the second half of the season. And I know they don't want to, you know, they don't want to fall too far behind, but it doesn't necessarily put them out of the playoff picture. And again, I think that continuity is going to be a huge benefit for them. I mean, the way that they were in the second half of the season, well, we don't expect them. And a lot of prognosticators don't expect them to maintain the blistering pace defensively that they did in the second half of the season. I think it'll certainly benefit Miami a lot more than other teams that are going to be favored or are going to be, you know, perhaps have greater talent on their rosters. I think Miami will have a certain edge to them to start off. Look, you already know they're going to be an incredibly well-conditioned team. Um, I, I'm sure that Spolster is going to have them going through, through several in, you know, intense practices before the start of the year. Uh, I, I think that they've already started training. I think there's already been a, a high level of bonding taking place with players. And I, I think they're just going to be well prepared for the start of the season, to be honest with you. Well, we know the Heat will be well prepared for the start of the season. But we need to make sure that our listeners are well prepared for the start of the season. That you Make sure that you download the SeatGeek app on your smartphone. They make buying tickets to sports and concerts easier than it's ever been because it could be complicated. SeatGeek is the better, simpler way to buy. They are the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to the live events that you want to see with SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience. You can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. I've got the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way that I've found to shop for tickets. I could be anywhere. Just a few taps of my finger on my smartphone, I can instantly find seats. I actually just used them to wrap up my summer concert series. I went to um, Outside Lands in San Francisco. Last minute purchase on SeatGeek for me uh, for this music festival in, in uh, Golden Gate Park in San Francisco. Saw Metallica live finally. Ooh, Does that, that? Do I get my man cards back after seeing Jack Johnson and John Mayer? Yes, I, I say so. I look. I don't. I mean, we're, we don't adhere to those kind of traditional uh, roles of masculinity. Those, that toxic masculinity. That's you true. try to stay away from them. But, I definitely didn't but, see yeah. a, whole, a lot of toxic masculinity at Outside Lands. <laughs> <laughs> but no banana pancakes either, though. No banana pancakes. All, but Metallica was fantastic. I mean, it was great to just see legends. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, just in live and in person. It was an amazing show, crazy light show and everything. Uh, I wouldn't have been able to do it without SeatGeek. They design, they are designed to make your ticket buying experience ever easier than ever. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find you amazing deals. To get the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify any the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you could shop with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket, from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. Best of all, our listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app, enter the promo code LONBA, that's promo code LONBA, to get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Okay. Um, Let's talk about then the rest of the schedule because we broke down the first... 20 or so games. Um, not a whole lot of national TV games for Miami. Right. So they had 13 last season, um, really on the heels of Dwayne Wade leaving. So basically every Bulls, the two Bulls games, I believe, were nationally televised. 
Uh, they had one against Cleveland that was nationally televised. That same thing goes for this year. LeBron versus Miami, that's an event, regardless of what year it is. Uh, they, that one will be on TNT this year. In total, nine nationally televised games for the Heat this year. They had 13 last year. David, let's get some first take action in here. Did the league screw the Heat out of the nationally televised games this year? Did they did they disrespect them? Only according to Barry Jackson and the Miami Herald, only five teams have fewer nationally televised games than the Miami Heat. This is preposterous. <laughs> I can't believe it. No, sorry. Uh, I, I think it's fair. I mean, I think you look at this roster and you can't really see anybody there that you really want to watch outside of the Miami Heat fan base. I mean. Hassan Whiteside's not that kind of an See, A player. Look, but I, did, I, did, I thought that people loved Deion Waiters and Whiteside. I thought that they kind of had a little bit of Hollywood in them. That's he Twitter, buddy. I mean, or, or NBA Twitter. I, I don't think that's across the league. Yeah, like, no. He's not going to be playing there. He's, he's, there's no allure there, Wes. I mean, uh. that, that the reality is that this is a team that is without a superstar. Look, we, we looked at – how about this? Denver is a small market team, quote unquote, that has been ignored by national TV. I know they play in mountain time. Um, there's a lot of factors there, but they've had over the last few years a roster that hasn't really stood out. This year, I think they're getting a lot more national attention. They're certainly a team that's going to be getting a lot more coverage on national TV than they have in the past. And I think you could say that that's pretty well earned. They got Paul Millsap there. There's a lot of expectations. Uh, you know, Nikola Jokic is a hell of a player. I can understand why they're getting more national attention time than Miami. What are you going to look forward to there? I mean, Goran Dragic, as much as we might love him on this podcast, as much as Heat fans love him, I don't think he's the kind of national name that people tune in to see. And so that's just an unfortunate circumstance. Unfortunate, you know. Like I said, it's just this is not the kind of team that you tune in to watch. As much as 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 NBA Twitter might love the irrational confidence of Dion Waiters, I think you ask your average fan. And they're not going to know anything about him or care or think he's just a gunner and not worth tuning in for. That said, instead of focusing on what they don't have, I kind of want to focus on what we got. You know, um, Miami's first nationally televised game comes pretty early. It's the fourth game of the season for the Heat. Wednesday, October 25th against the Spurs on ESPN. That's that's a good game, right? Wednesday nights, that's, that's ESPN's basketball night. So I like that. Um, it is the late game, right? It's their West Coast game, but still. Uh, they play Cleveland on November 28th on NBA TV. Now, do you consider NBA TV nationally televised? I don't. I think it's kind of a cheap nationally televised game. Because um, not everybody gets NBA TV. Everybody gets I, ESPN and TNT. I, think most, I thought most service providers include NBA TV now. Mine does. Maybe I'm... All right. Okay. So, we'll, so we'll count it. We'll count it. Uh, Saturday at Brooklyn. Uh, that's on NBA TV. That's, uh, I said Saturday. Saturday, December 9th at Brooklyn, NBA TV. December 26th in Orlando, or against Orlando, they host the, host the Magic on NBA TV. And then here's, the, here's one of my favorite ones. I'm really looking forward to this. Friday, January 5th, hosting the New York Knicks on ESPN. Friday night versus the Knicks, Heat Knicks. That's one to go to your favorite sports bar and watch it, right? Really I'm excited about that? Yeah, the Heat and Knicks on a Friday night on ESPN. Let's do this. If you're in the Miami right. area, you know there's a bunch of Knicks fans living in South Florida. Go to your. I'm excited. For, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I'm. I'm just getting excited. Uh, Friday at Philadelphia, also on ESPN. I don't know, I don't know that that Tyler Johnson Ron Baker matchup is as heavily anticipated across I can't the league. Stan Ron Baker. I'm ready. What? I'm ready to hate watch Ron Baker. 
Didn't you do a Wichita profile State on him or Shocker? something? Yeah, I, yeah I, I didn't get a chance to talk with him in Summer League because he was only there for a day. But, yes, yeah, I did write something up about him a while ago. Look, I mean, he's a, he's a kind of unexpected case that, that yeah. has made it despite the dis, you know the, the dysfunction in New York. He's there, Tyler he's, Johnson? He's made it to the team. Look, he's if Tyler Johnson what? was on any team other than Miami, I wouldn't be able to stand. I couldn't stand him. I'd hate Tyler Johnson if he was on any other team. He's the like, toothless grin. Yeah, but he, huh. I love him because he's ours. Uh, Friday, February second at Philadelphia on ESPN. Uh, I'm excited for this one too. At Portland on March twelfth on ESPN. Um, you know that I love any excuse to watch the Trailblazers. March sixteenth. At the Los Angeles Lakers, because of course the Lakers have a game on NBA TV. And then March 27th versus Cleveland. This is one of the big ones. Hosting LeBron James and the Cavaliers on March 27th on TNT. And uh, I think that the Heat have that night to themselves. I think that's TNT's only game that night. I might be mistaken. I might have re- I read that somewhere. So they've got some good games. When do they go to Sacramento so that you can see them live in person? I didn't even look that up. You're, that's a really uh, good question. March 14th at Sacramento. Ah, nice. That's late in the season, man. They were they were yeah. in Sacramento really early in the in the season last year. It was when just it was uh, the 18th game of the year because Justice Winslow got hurt. That was the yeah. flight on the way over that they decided for, that he'd get shoulder surgery. So I have I to wait until I March. Saw, I think I saw that they don't play Oklahoma City. Until March, like for the first time, they don't play them at all until March. Really? And then they play them twice, like within two weeks or something like that. I, I believe I saw that somewhere. I, I can't recall now, but so um, it, it was like you know, they're scheduling quirks all over the place there. In general, this this the schedule is better, despite like that weird funky November, um, because they have fewer back to backs. They have thirteen back to backs this year. They had fifteen the year before that. They had 17 two years ago. So two, two fewer back-to-backs a season. So the NBA really is doing, and I think that's the case for most NBA teams, they're doing a good job of limiting the back-to-backs. Um, uh, just a few other notes. Miami will play five total games against the Warriors and the Cavaliers, last year's finals teams. Only two of those are at home. So just an, another little weird way that the Heat got kind of screwed in the schedule. Um... And then, unfortunately, the Heat don't play on the holidays. They didn't play on New on on, uh, on Christmas last year for the first time in several years. But they did get one of the New Year's Day games. The Heat will not play on Halloween. They will not play on Christmas Day. They will not play on New Year's Day. But as MiamiHeat.com very generously pointed out, they will play the Chicago Bulls on Martin Luther King Day. So they do get one holiday game, sort of. And we know the NBA will do something special for MLK Day. Um, so there's that. But for you and I, I think it's kind of nice that they don't play on Halloween, Christmas, or New Year's Day. As people that are covering this team, yeah. it's nice not to have to deal with the recaps. <laughs> yes. I mean, Christmas is a good opportunity to see some of the best teams in the league. And, and I know I'm there for the whole slot, a slate of games, too. So I, I'm excited. And I won't have to necessarily be focused on, on one Miami game. I can watch eight or nine different teams that I don't normally follow. So it's, it's a good time. Um, all right. Let's... Talk about our newest campaign of the month. We are asking our listeners to help us out with the show. A new season means we need a new intro song, and we wanted to give you, the musicians who listen to the show, 
a chance to have your work featured on Locked on Heat. You can email your submissions to LockedOnHeat at gmail.com. We'll be taking submissions for the entire month of August. And then after the month, we'll choose one to be our new jingle for the season and give you, the artist, a shout-out on each episode. There's no rules, so be creative as you want. Again, you can send submissions to LockedOnHeat at gmail.com. We've already got a couple submitted. Uh, Maybe we'll play some when it's a little bit slower. We're not talking about the schedule, and we can kind of talk about that. Um, But be as creative as you want. We're looking for a new intro jingle for the entire season, so a lot lot writing on this. Um, All right, before we wrap this thing up, I want to talk about the end of the season. We started with the... we, We began with the... Uh, start of the season, how it's kind of funky. But the end of the season is really beneficial for Miami. Six of their final eight games are at home. Remember, that wasn't necessarily the case last year when Miami was making a playoff push, a lot of road games to end the year. This time around, six of the final eight games are at home. So that should be beneficial for the Heat if they're in the playoff race, and we think they will be. So for that final playoff push, maybe it determines seeding because you look at the teams involved. They play Cleveland March 27th. That's the TNT game. That kind of kicks off this last eight-game stretch. Chicago, that should at home, and Brooklyn at home. Those should be a couple easy wins, right? We don't think Chicago and Brooklyn would be very good. Um, Atlanta, same thing. They're probably not going to be great this year. And then at Atlanta. So they play Atlanta April 3rd, and then they go immediately back to Atlanta on April 4th. But not the worst back-to-back, right? Miami to Atlanta, that's one of the shortest trips that they can have. So not, they, they right. kind of saved the best back-to-back for last for the season. At New York Knicks, by then the Knicks will probably just be tanking or something. Um, <laughs> they'll have moved Carmelo by then, so oh, yeah, who knows what they'll even the roster. Then. Uh, <laughs> and then Oklahoma City at home and Toronto at home, that last game against Toronto. That's going to be a crucial one, Mies, I think. Yeah? Mies predict that's going to be a really big game. I think that's going to determine things, that last game in Toronto. We could wind up a four seed if uh, all things break well, and that could be we could push them down to fifth seed, or setting up a fourth? potential playoff matchup. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's a potential. Oh, well, I don't know. That's that seems somewhat optimistic considering the teams above them. But yeah, I mean, let's say let's say third or fourth. Maybe. Wait, what maybe teams could above be like them? That what are you talking about? Cleveland and, and Boston, we assume, are the two teams. Washington, perhaps. Oh, no, but Washington will screw it up somehow. Nice. <laughs> they okay. always do. That's fair. <laughs> Tune in to Locked On Wizards for how they'll screw things up. They're guaranteeing that it's going to happen. The Wizards aren't going to be there. Maybe they will. I don't know. You Okay, you're right. So maybe somewhere between the third and fifth seed could be up for grabs. Right. Like It was like the playoffs a couple seasons ago when Miami finished with a third seed and Charlotte dropped to six and there were you know three different, four different teams that had the same record, was it? I think it was crazy. Right. Miami could have finished anywhere between like three and six. It was... Right. Um, so... Any other games that we didn't talk about that you're looking at that you're really excited about other than the games in Orlando? I, I'm looking forward to all of them. I got to be honest with you. I mean, I, I know it's ridiculous. Ask me again in March how I'll feel. I'll probably be done with the whole season, but looking forward <laughs> to the playoffs. But for now, so many different opportunities to see rookies fitting in. You know, is Bam Adebayo going to be getting any playing time? Yeah. Is Justice Winslow going to be shooting 45% from three-point range? Is Dion going to be leading the league in scoring? Yes, yes, and yes. I mean, so many good things to look forward to. I'm really excited for um, that first game in Washington, or against Washington, November 15th. Excited to see how the Heat stack up. You know, they, they play San Antonio, they play Boston early. Um... Other competitive teams like Golden State and Utah. 
But those are not really teams in Miami's tier. You know what I mean? Like, Boston is, they're the reigning number one seed in the East, and they got better. Uh, San Antonio is a great team, but they're in the West. Golden State, Utah, those are good teams. They're in the West, though. That Washington game, like we just talked about, right? I feel like they're right in Miami's zone. Of course, I think most NBA fans would disagree with that. They'd say Washington is head over heels, better than Miami. They've got all-stars. Miami doesn't. And I get that. I, I'll see that point, but... Whiteside always tends to play big against the yeah. Wizards. Like he's not, he's not, he's not, a, he's not fond of Marching Gortat. I think. Um, I'm really that's so that's for me that November fifteenth home game against Washington, and they turn around two days later and play at Washington. That November fifteenth, right. November seventeenth, versus Washington at Washington. That's to me the first litmus test because they're also coming off of that that versus Washington's their first home game back from that six game home home uh, uh, road trip. I mean. So that's always that's, that's like always the, a tough one. It's going to be tough, and it's going to be a really good litmus test for the team. I'm excited to see how they react to it. Um, but you and I have only been looking at the schedule for a couple hours now, so there's going to be a lot, I'm sure, that, that kind of just jump out at us in the next few days while we're looking. I'm with you. I'm just super excited to just watch basketball. I'm, I'm kind of just going through this. I'm just like, oh, I can't wait to see them watch Mem- play Memphis. I just, I'm just excited to see basketball again, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, a quick question. What do you think is... What do you think of that first matchup against Boston? It's at home. Gordon Hayward comes in. Will he get booed for not choosing Miami? It's it one seems of my, likely. Yeah, I, he gets booed. Absolutely, hundred percent. Gordon Hayward gets booed. Um, Isaiah it, Thomas, you know, scored fifty-two points on the Heat last year. Will yeah. Will there be a a measure of revenge being exacted? Uh, There's on going that night? to be. Seems- hey, Kelly Olynyk playing his Ooh, old team again. What? Nice little wrinkle there. How is this? Does this? Does the does the uh, NBA have flex games? I can't remember. I'd be surprised if that yeah. game didn't get flexed in. If something just kind of falls off, maybe there's an early season injury or something like that. I don't know mm-hmm. how this works, but um, yeah, that Boston game is going to be really exciting. Actually, I think Hayward gets booed. The Heat are definitely it's... coming with a chip on their shoulder. I, on AllYouCanHeat.com, I listed just like a preliminary top games to be excited for. That Boston game right. was the first game of the season to really... Or San Antonio the, 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 a couple days before that because it's on ESPN. That's their first nationally televised game. That's fine. Yeah. Um, but that Boston game is like the first one with like energy. That's going to be the first one. I'm really excited for that. I think, I think you're right. I mean, they were the first seed in the, in the Eastern Conference last year. I mean, they've got the playoff experience there. Can, I, put my money, can I just put my money now on Deion Waiters being the high scorer for the game? Can I, He's the alpha oh. male, right? Like. He said, like, Kyrie and Irving can come here, but he better know that I'm the alpha male. He's looking for a team to control. He's going to play second banana to, to me here. To my, he's going to be second banana it. to my Philly cheese. But he's, I, I, I'm going to put, like, 50 bucks right now on Deion Waiters being the high scorer for that game. I don't know. I, I think it's a sure thing, to be honest with you. <laughs> All right, anything else we should do before we wrap this up? Uh, no, just another plea for people to send in their submissions for uh, music so that we can yes. uh, have a, a brand new intro. But And thank you to the people who have submitted them so far. We're looking forward to hearing a lot more. Um, also, uh, we'll do a mailbag. We skipped the mailbag today because of the schedule. We'll do a mailbag later in the week. You can send your mailbag questions to LockdownHeat at gmail.com. And on Twitter, at LockdownHeat at our Twitter handles. Keep sending them to our Twitter handle. We're trying to get the, the Twitter account up and running a little bit more as the season uh, approaches. And now that the schedule is out, we really want to get some more engagement on social media. So please follow us at Locked on Heat. It'd be a huge favor to us. And of course, if you're not subscribed already, 
please do so on iTunes. Rate us, review us, say nice things about us. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for joining me, David. You got it, Wes.